Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. This is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined in the studio, a real-life guest in the studio, in person. Omid Jalili was here. Mm, he They've was been quite rare over uh, the last year or so, but it was lovely to see him as always. We talked a bit of football, England and more. Uh, we also spoke to the man who was transported his pub. Uh, from Bridlington to Dortmund and uh, he had a pub full of German fans in there last night in his British pub. I wonder, I mean, that's not going to be great for future business, you wouldn't think. Um, And we also caught up with Sam Avery as the news broke that Rafa Benitez had become the Everton manager. Sam is a comedian and podcaster and Evertonian. Yeah, it was a nice chat. And we had a, nice a general man. football we chat, some, didn't we? We had some time together, Paul, we did. and it we was did. nice. And uh, here it all is. <laughs> Everyone, good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everyone. I was nervous yesterday. Yeah, I, 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 I sensed that. I, I, I'm not even think I was so nervous. I didn't deliver a great performance in the easy chair, and we didn't yeah. have a chair on yesterday's show. So thank you for carrying. I was me, right. Paul. I'm but used I'm, to it. I'm confident now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> confident now that uh, we're going to win. I really mm. think we're going to beat Germany. Now. Do you think so it's, it's coming home? Or where do you stand? Coming home or not coming home? I think then I, you know, I, I foolishly. I mean, don't show Yarmolenko inside. That's what Gareth yeah. should be saying a Which lot of times now. Which is why we maybe now. want Kieran Trippier maybe, left back. Maybe, possible, yeah. yeah David yeah, yeah. Priest suggested that to us, didn't yeah. he? Um, I'm uh, I still... I'm not going to say that until it has arrived and mm. the trophy is lifted, and then I will announce that it's coming home. Until then, I don't want to jinx it. I don't like these people buying tickets for the final. Yeah. I think if you buy a ticket for the final now, you are, you're, you're, part are of the problem. you're part of the problem. <laughs> but look, I went to the game yesterday, and uh, and I was working for, for Australian television, and um, it was the atmosphere there, I think, was the best atmosphere I've ever experienced with an England crowd. Mm. Like, I've been as a fan before I even worked in football years and yeah. years ago. I've had some pretty unpleasant times, times when I've thought, I don't really like being part of this. Because yeah. it can you know, be quite toxic and it can turn quite quickly and they can single players out. I say they, I mean we, I've been part of England crowds course, when yeah. that happens. But, but they, you know, they did boo the anthem, which is tedious. And yeah. there, was a, there was some people booed the knee, but there was a huge ovation, like really huge ovation when, mm. when those first boos happened. But apart from that, generally, like everybody was buoyant and yeah. happy and you excited and even sort of on Wembley Way afterwards you know consoling German fans and just having a, like, having a nice time mm. and, I, and the noise and, and you mentioned that players t- turning on players the patience of the crowd I was yeah. really surprised it was starting to get edgy mm. 
But I noticed the noise. There was one moment, wasn't there? There was the one moment which I think everybody picked up on, which was a, a ball on in the sort of right channel that went to Calvin Phillips, and he looked like he was going to shake to put it into the box. Yeah. And he checked, and he turned, and he played it he back. He kept the ball. He's yeah. a foolish man. You, Don't you, keep the ball. I'm not, I'm not attacking him for this. It just happened. Yeah. And everybody went, oh, okay. you know, it was that idea of... Are we being too cautious? But you know, I think as everybody's been saying, you know, we have to we have to trust in Gareth. He's mm. not listening. He's he's not listening to the noise. He's he's being true to himself, and he clearly at the moment uh, knows what he's doing. But the the moment I really noticed the noise was actually when Muller went through because it, it it was so noisy before, and then the entire crowd sort of took an intake of breath. Mm. And then obviously it took Muller such a long time that everyone was like, well, I've already inhaled. I can't inhale again. And everyone was just, I was like holding on to, I was, I could not believe that moment. And our boss here said to me a week ago or something, Thomas Muller's never scored at the Euros. And I had enough time to process that as he was running through going, oh no. Well, it was, I mean, it's the narrative of the game. You know, it's interesting. Quite rightly, everybody's saying what a fine Euros and a good game Raheem Sterling had. You do worry, don't you, if Muller had scored then, gone at 1-1 and that had been a turning point, it would have been, oh, we saw the best and worst of Raheem Sterling. You know, so it's, 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 you know, if you're going to win any tournament, you're going to win games in a tournament and you're going to win any tournament. It is fine margins. You need little moments to go your way. You know, he could have easily gone and won a European Championship for Gaza. If Gaza was wearing uh, Stuart Pierce's boots that day, not his moulds, maybe England could have won a European Championship um, in 1996. So look, it, it you just fine, need, it's fine yeah, margins. You need a little it, it, bit it of really luck. Is. So I don't, I don't think it was the greatest performance in the history of England. But actually, our record in tournament football, in knockout football, especially in the Euros, is pretty bad. Yeah. So like to beat anyone of note, even though that isn't a great Germany team is something to really celebrate, sure. even though it was, you know, fine margins and that Muller John, that Pickford save from Werner uh, at right at the start. Uh, where I was was right next to where the BBC gantry was, mm. where, you know, Lineker, <clears throat> Shearer, Klinsman and, and Rio Ferdinand were. And what's funny is the fans in front of them don't have replays. Right. So, like, really early on in the game, was it? Uh, I can't remember who was running through. John Stones clipped him and got booked. Oh, yeah, Gretzka, and then it? And then, like, half the crowd just turn up and go, Rio! Rio, was that a foul? <laughs> and, and, then, and Rio turns around and goes, yeah, yeah, it was a foul, actually. And they go, thanks, Rio. So and they're so relying they're, on... That's nice, though. It it's really good, nice, It's yeah. good that they actually do let them know. Yeah, that was just a really sort of funny glimpse of that. But, you know, listen, it was it was great. There was a moment in the second half where, as far as I could, they were sort of, Germany were just lumping it long, and then England mm. were getting it and just not really doing a lot with it. And I thought, this feels a bit like the 40,000 here. Feels a bit like the League One playoff final about eight <laughs> years ago. But I was very pleased. And you and I deserve some credit, Paul. Oh, do we? Because when the team came out, we didn't slam the manager. No. We thought this we looks thought it was quite a good, sensible. It was a good-looking team yeah. with the addition of Saka, pace, and etc. And he, again, he was everything we were saying, and a lot of other people said completely fearless play. He was never going to be phased. But he got on the front foot initially, did what he had to do mm-hmm. uh, in his appearance. So no, look, it was uh, for me. It was a good team selection. It'd be very, very different. I'm sure. I think so. And we're going to Rome now, aren't we, Paul? We've well, we are. We've um, no, well, we're not. Um, well, but I did come into Max and say, you know, are we too old to be spontaneous? Do you fancy a caper? Yeah, I'm in for a um, caper. Yeah, you like a caper, I especially do. on you. Yeah, so, so I we... don't like anchovies, and they can they sort of can double up. Can't yeah, they? You, know, you can replace can. an anchovy with a caper. So I said, shall we? Because there was apparently some loophole which has been closed by the Italian police who are going to be checking people in their cars. But the Sun usually told uh, usually told us today that anyone entering Italy by road is allowed 36 hours in the country okay. without having to self isolate. But they say that loop, loophole has been closed, okay. uh, England fans, by the sound of it, with the motorway police stopping you and turning you around. They really 
really don't want you to travel. So we make that point. But I started to work out the finer points of this trip, how we were going to do it, mm-hmm. and, and whether we, you know, you'd have to try and broadcast Saturday and Sunday, That's get to fine. the game, how would we get tickets? Then we realised we'd have to isolate for 10 days when we got back. Then we realised we were too old for nonsense like well, this. Well, actually, I thought about it, for, and you were really keen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is well, nice. I wasn't really, I mean, I was just floating it. We I could just, have dinner in Leon, and that's the food there is yeah, really You marvelous. started to buy into that it then, was great, and we could get into Italy. And then, it, then we heard on the news, you know, they weren't going to sell us tickets. Then I was thinking about disguises and, you know, Paolo and Massimo. It kind of works. Yeah, we yeah, could be yeah. Italian. And then I thought back to... In the, in the alo alo envelope, I would imagine. <laughs> we wouldn't be particularly convincing <laughs> ones. What a mistake to make it. Yeah. Um, but then I thought... Yesterday, I'd just seen you know England's one of England's greatest knockout wins over Germany in an, in tournament football, mm. and that Wembley Way queue is only about fifteen minutes. Yeah, but it really got me down. It really made me think, why don't I just watch it at home? Right, and then if I extrapolate that to thirty six hours. In a, with me, in, in a, a Fiat, in a, well, probably in a mini because <laughs> we're mi- going to Italy. We're due, about to get an old mini. In a mini, yeah, yeah. I think maybe just I might just give it a swerve. Okay, tell Well, look, that was short-lived, but and and probably never going to happen. But we we want to know about those. Sometimes in life, you are a bit spontaneous. You just think that's it. I'm off. Like and you only live, get one go. Don't yeah. You? That's right. A number of those people getting in touch with Jim earlier on saying, you know, I, I know I've spent £800 on a ticket for a game that I don't think well, it's quite possible we won't even get to. But, you know, life's too short. So a lot of people, that's why it's sold out. The final is sold out uh, uh, as things. Denmark, say. Italy is sold yeah. out. <laughs> Imagine all those England fans. I know what that's like because I went to Germany versus the Czech Republic for the final of Euro 96 <laughs> and became an honorary Czech for the day. And, uh, of course, I mean, they'd, they'd beaten us and um, it was a weird experience. There was a lot of England fans at mm. that Euro 96 final. People just turned up in England shirts out of defiance and were laughed at by Germans. We're still a bit, in it. A bit embarrassing. So really. we want to know your capers, please. When were you spontaneous? Yeah. Like extreme lengths of going to games, like the, the, the most extreme lengths you went to get to a football match, yeah. but also just Non-football. general spontaneous capers. Let us know. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
and he was right. That's right for a reboot. Uh, that's the England song. He's singing along. He's singing along. As Wayne Rooney. What year was that, Omid? That was 2014. And I remember we were doing it as a fundraiser for the Bobby Moore Fund. Mm. And Stephanie Moore, his his wife, said, don't worry, we lost the first game, but as long as we're playing Uruguay next, if the lads even get a draw... Then we win the next game. This 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 will be a, a successful song if the team does well. Yeah. And then I think um, when when <laughs> literally after Suarez got the second goal, I got a text message saying something unrepeatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's over. Yeah. Basically, but we, she says, what a waste of time. We just did a, a, a documentary for Talksport uh, on um, three lines, and we spoke to uh, David and Frank, yes. and uh, I think David made the point. That it was completely tied to how well England completely, did in Euro '96. Yeah. The song could well have died without trace if England lost all of their qualifying games exactly, and gone yeah. out. It's just, it is just timing. David was really backing my song as well. He, he goes, "All mm. you need is the team to do well, and this will be this because it's funny and everyone's involved. Every, the whole comedy industry. Yeah, we had oh, look, Bill Bailey was in it. Jack D. We even had John Hurt. Everyone was in it, but they didn't do well. John Hurt. John, John Hurt That's was fantastic. In it, yeah. I mean, it does make you think if England do well. Then Sweet Caroline could really be a hit for the first time. You th- yeah, it? yeah, it could, it could be. Yeah. Are you? Uh, would you? Can you? Well, look, people are finding it. I think you know the people are finding three lines again. They're not releasing it again. It's. I take it that song's on Spotify somewhere, isn't it? The yeah. New England song. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, isn't it? No, we, we oh, took yeah. it out. We, we, <laughs> it's just, there's just, one cassette that we found. <laughs> we was, no, there's a whole load of c- CDs in my garage. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. If you fancy one, he's going to get a market stall in Ipswich, which we'll come back to if later. If you Google, if you Google it, it's on. It's called uh, We Still believe yeah it sounded good it, it was wasn't a good bad production it was a good song, yeah. yeah so uh, arturo I mean, sandoval on um, on trumpet as well wow, it was fantastic what a cast you put oh, it was fantastic. fantastic now Omid, you wanted to do a debrief uh, before yes, we debrief start the interview on what we I've, said. I've been listening and you, the, the chat was very funny very but, but slightly misinformed okay uh-huh. if you're saying people are asking rio ferdinand yes goretzka was taken down but he wasn't taken down yeah. by john stones it was declan rice it was declan rice and he got a yellow for it he got a yellow for adrian down raining about that earlier on and also what you said was actually very true when the cross didn't come over it was actually Kyle Walker that didn't cross the was ball was really? played back to Kyle Walker oh. and you would have thought Walker now I've got to talk I about it was this. Phillips but yeah. Yeah, Phillips passed it to him and Walker fell but this is the right. thing I have a friend of mine I, I went to the Ghana Brazil the song game. is on Spotify I is it on Spotify this is I had breaking no idea. news it's breaking on Spotify news. okay yeah, great yeah, yeah. Good. I have a friend it's of mine it's on Sky Sports News yellow ticker now <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's on Spotify but I'll tell you something about that that's mm. strange because because everyone who listens to this programme they're football aficionado and they understand that that moment was a real grown moment. Mm. But I have a friend of mine in Germany who I went to the Ghana-Brazil game in Dortmund mm-hmm. in 2006, the World Cup, and we were talking after the Germany game and he was saying this could be a tactic. This is a tactic. If you remember, the Ghana team was very interesting. They would attack with seven and defend with six. Mm. But they would often stop what was a clear attack and then come back. And it was to confuse. So oh. it's interesting. It's a tactic that sometimes... And, and looking at the way Gareth Southgate must have been so hurt by that penalty miss in 96, he's gone f- to forensic detail to see how he can confuse. Because a n- number of times Sterling got the ball in an advanced position, mm. then seemed to be very confident about, no, 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 we're not going for it, we're going to play it back. And the crowd away, what are you doing? Mm. So it looks like it's a tactic, as my German friends are saying. Mm. But then I said to my German friends, what did you think of the result? Because it's very clear now that we are worse than England. 
Well, that's all they said, <laughs> which was the best hear. thing they could say. Interestingly, I was watching, and you do get a different view of the game when you're there. Mm. Yeah, Trippier was really advanced at times, almost in like in a centre-forward yeah, position. Was, yeah. But I think it's a really interesting point you make, and it is that balance. We talked about it with Stuart Pearce yesterday, that balance between attacking and keeping the ball. Yeah. Because at some basically you keep the ball, right, until you try that killer pass. Yes. And that killer pass is difficult. And by definition, you're likely to lose the ball. Yeah. If you keep doing it and keep losing it, then you don't have the ball. That's exactly So it. Like, that's a key part Against of... Against a team who like to have the ball and had the ball in the majority of every other game they've sure. been in. So, yeah, that's my lesson in football. was possession yesterday? Did 47, 53, two. Two, we had 47 no, percent. Yeah, really? Believe, yes. Yeah, I, I, I would have guessed that was the case. You know, I also refute that, that this sure. is a bad joke. Germany team. They were a good team. I mean, that, you didn't miss. You didn't mention De Havertz's uh, volley. Yeah, what a save. save that was! That was I mean, an amazing. The, the save. two key moments, or three, three, uh, two of the three key moments, apart from the Muller yeah. miss. And you could argue there uh, that uh, Pickford did well there. Stayed on his feet. You know, he, it was like, it was going under his legs though. He yeah, just yeah, caught yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, look, if it's on target, it's a goal. But the other two saves were brilliant. I mean, he gets down really well. I don't think they're Werner. a bad team. If you saw the the, the Germany Portugal team, I was frightened. Yeah. Sure. I thought but if you saw the Germany hungry game, you were less. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Convinced. I mean, the job England, people say, oh, Gerson's had a bad game yesterday. Well, he, yeah, but he was made to have a bad game yesterday. He was, he was sort of neutralised by the way England played against Tri- him. Trippier is a very underrated player, I mm. think. People were groaning that he started at, uh, at left back, but he's. Uh, and you could see with the quality of ball he puts in. I think he, I think he should start, basically. Well, at right, at, just to correct you, it was right back. It was yeah, yeah. at right back, yeah, yeah. but I did well, say in the first game he was left. Wait, okay, fine. Let's be really pedant. Corner this <laughs> football nerds. Well, yeah, the, if this happened d- on every talk sport show. We, we, we said we're pushing like hours from, in the day. We're just saying playing playing in against Yarmolenko always mm. comes inside. I think that, that was very good because he scored a great goal against Chelsea West Ham yeah. because Rudiger let him in on his left. That he is. That's very much his thing, isn't it? I'm sure Declan Rice will be filling and Zinchenko. But look at Zinchenko. First of all, I never knew Zinchenko who played for Man City. He played for Ukraine. Oh, right. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, know yeah, that? yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, his goal was fantastic oh, and his assist hit, was magnificent. Yeah. And don't you think that the, the guy, when he scored, his hand, his arm was slightly offside? Yeah. That's a goal that would, after the VI, that would have been, the that Premier wouldn't have been League. given the Premier League. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. I think it's really interesting this tournament that A, you, you sense that they are le- the refs are letting things go more, which we do prefer. Mm. Until they let something go against England, and then we won't prefer it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's the point. You know. Well, do you know the thing about? I've spoken to European friends because you know they had the they had VAR in Spain and Germany and Italy like a year before us. Mm. And when they watched us, they were saying, "What's all this line stuff?" Because yeah. what happens if it's slightly you know diffy? The referee looks at it, and the referee doesn't have the lines. The referee decides. Mm. So we, are, the, the pedants that we are, yeah. we're the ones who are using the lines. They and weren't the, using that in Europe. And they don't get the controversy because they don't show that kind of rocking and rolling of where yeah. the, the line should be. Ridiculous. So in the end, well, we've seen it. The only way we get to see, like last night, it, they do it after the decision has been made and they show you why they made that yes, decision exactly. as opposed to Much seeing better. it in real time Much as better. they do it. And they, there's no Italian Peter Walton to say, oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> only, only, time, only time will tell. I mean, it was great to hear. They said, Peter, was that... Let's bring Peter Walton in. Was that offside, Peter? He went, well, only time will tell. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't come for you for homespun philosophy, mate. <laughs> that is the, we're, we're looking. the perfect answer. Like Charlie says, all you have to say is, we'll see. Yeah. That's the answer to every possible football question. Yeah. Um, so, Ahmed, um, you are on tour, aren't you? I am, yes. It I'm must be a great excited. joy to be back out on the road again. I am, but do you know what? You know, with this new normal, what I've noticed is that audiences yeah. are... They, they, they don't tolerate... 
anything like silly because now we're in the new normal mm. and people like I was doing a, a gig the other day and they're really going for it because I was talking about COVID talking about lockdown I was talking about this global pandemic how's it affected us and the people laugh literally they look at you laugh snap their heads left and right their friends do you get that yeah and then I did one joke it was one pun I did about how the Welsh like a bit of terrorism and they used to put bombs in sewers so that they, like they splatter English dignitaries with sewage. Mm. It was the beginning of suicide bombing. Okay? Oh, okay, right. And the crowd just went, oh, God. Like someone said, someone said, excuse me, is that the best you've had? You've been doing nothing for a year and a half. <laughs> and that's all you can is do. Is that all you can do? And I said, it's just a pun, mate. Because that was really disappointing. And, and we've, I've brought my friends. This is embarrassing. Man. Oh, wow. And they were having, quite bold, your audience. Bold. It's a live trip advisor. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> he goes, I really suggest if, if you're going to do silly humour, start with it. And then we, then oh. we don't expect this high-level comedy. Can you go? It's, it's, I suppose he's workshopping you. He's workshopping me. He was telling me years off. in the business. <laughs> <laughs> he's workshopping him. It's fantastic. It's the, the new normal. People are demanding better jokes. Wow, that's that's going to be a bit of a shock for everybody as they go back out. Any comedians <laughs> listening today? But I will say I will miss my Zoom gigs because when I was when I was talking to you and Barry, I finished off uh, I, I finished off with you what I normally do on a Zoom gig, mm. which is take my computer to the toilet. <laughs> And say, here's the sound of my career. <laughs> and press the flush. <laughs> I can't do that now. Oh. I can't do that. Omid Jalili's with us. Um, in the, you've got a few moments to try and guess who Omid watched the England game. Who? Omid? Oh, no one will guess. That's great. Yes, 8.89. Can you tell us uh, who Omid watched the England game with? You'll never guess in a million years. We couldn't. Um, it's pretty unlikely. It may lead to something. So... Have a random guess in the next couple of minutes. Uh, we'll find out very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Omid Jalili is with us. Uh, who did he watch uh, the game between England and Germany with last night? Just yes or no, Omid. You can go through him. Okay. Uh, uh, Daniel says, Sunks from Madness. No. Um, uh, Wolf from the good, Gladiators. Good Wolf from the Gladiators. That's, no. no. Uh, Andrew, the City fan. Shirley Bassey. That's quite random, isn't That's it? That's very random. I do like the ridiculous. idea of you watching the game. You and, just you and Shirley. <laughs> well, it's, it's the closest well, guest so well. She's sticking well. a boot on her foot. Yeah, <laughs> the closest <laughs> guest so far. David Priest, our friend David Priest, is Clive yeah. Anderson or Angus Dayton. Oh, good, good guess. They're good, good guesses. Guess. Uh, Tom Selleck, says John the Birmingham <laughs> fan. That's quite. <laughs> That's good. Nicholas Sturgeon uh, was one. Guess, Ro- good guess. Good Robert guess. Redford. I, they, I believe they oh, were friends a, on Spy Game. Films. Yeah, There's a, a Alan Inc. Quite a lot of Matt Hancock's. Yeah, oh. yeah, of course. Lamal, says Mark Fillmore. Uh, out Hachi of Kaja Goo Goo. Did you watch it with him, though? Shady, shady, shady. That's a brilliant guess. No. no. Judith Chalmers? No. Neil Buchanan from Art Attack, Jim. No. <laughs> no. Miriam Margulies. Miriam Margulies. Miriam, I'd Miriam love to Margulies. watch it. be quite sweary, wouldn't now, it? No, that's very good because actually, if you look at my, if you go on my Instagram, you know when I play the football ref, the referee mm-hmm. group? Yeah. yeah. I, I actually asked for a wig to make me look like Miriam Margulies. <laughs> and I actually do look like her. She's tremendous, isn't yeah. she? She's isn't she a, great She did a Louis yeah. Theroux's podcast sort of lockdown. I heard it, yeah, yeah. The yeah. one with, with Miriam Margulies. She's, she's outrageous. Tremendous. Absolutely outrageous. Um, yeah. So reveal all then, Omid. Did you watch them? What circumstances? It was an ITV chat show, and there was a few of us there, um, and my agent was with me, but Mm. it was actually with Paul O'Grady. So you and Paul O'Grady watch England-Germany unfold? I was watching it with, yes, the the, the old Paul O'Grady, who's uh, Lily Savage. What was that like? Uh, He loved it. He's he's, he's not a big football fan, but he does watch the, the tournament games and got very excited and was... There was a fabulous atmosphere in the... Uh, oh, brilliant. It was rarefied atmosphere because everyone had watched the game. Mm. 
and everyone came in, so people were like just buzzing with energy. Oh, yeah. Who amazing. else was on the show? I mean, normally it's sort of like you so said, you. Then there must be an, there'd be like a serious actor on the show as well, and then like yeah. McFly. I, I was like you actually no, it was Howard from Take That, and then we had thank you very much Howard from Take That, and then we had uh, Arlene Phillips and and Sally Lindsay. But it was interesting. Oh, wow. But it's an interesting show because it's about how people view you. Right. So they said, who, who is like the messiest person? So we put ourselves into an order mm. and then we reveal what the, how the crowd at home see you as. Ah. Like who's, who's, who's seen as the, the worst parent? Who is like the richest? Who's the most famous? Who's, who's the most intelligent? It hasn't gone out yet, but what, what did you make out. of the audience? I mean, it's almost like, um, it's like a, in the psychiatrist's jadder. You could come yeah. away from a show like that quite worried about how you're perceived by the general public. Some people were very, like, like, who was like the most down-to-earth person. Yeah. Some people thought they were very down-to-earth, but they were perceived by the audience as the least down-to-earth, and they went, no. Who's a better parent, you or Howard from Take That? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. question, isn't it? It's amazing. It was amazing. And also things like, who's the messiest person? And it was really, it was a remarkable exercise as an anthropo- anthropologically yeah, yeah, yeah. about how you see yourself and how the how the audience at home see you. So yeah, it could mess with your head a bit. That it did a bit. Yeah, it was amazing. Did you did you come out feeling like you needed to be a different person or or portray yourself yeah. in a different way? You gonna make changes? Well, I was voted as the most intelligent. Oh, right, so okay. I was very happy with that. Well, you take, <laughs> yeah, take that. Well, yeah, sorry. Take Howard, that with Howard that. Howard yeah. would have taken that. Have taken that. Um, <laughs> so uh, you have, you've, you've moved to Ipswich. I have, yeah. You? What am- amazing, one of the most underrated areas. A lot of people live in Ipswich, don't say that. They say we live in Suffolk. And then right. you, they reveal you live in Ipswich. But I'm mm. right on the edges of Ipswich, so 500 yards. Not away. in the hood. Not in, I'm not actually in the hood. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm right by the way you can go into, you can go into the countryside. But I see some of the old players, which is yeah. the old. They've all stayed. It says a lot for the area if all that, that, those they that all boys stay. have all. Because Big Allen, of course, still lives Big in the Big Allen's there, they? Mick Mills, you've got George Burley. All, I see these people around and yeah. they, they have never left the area. And can right. you, from a news agent, sort of pick up a 70s, 80s Ipswich Town bingo card? And then, as you're sort of walking around town, you can, you can tick them off as you go. Well, I followed someone for literally half an hour because I was absolutely convinced they were Eric Gates. Right. <laughs> and it was just some homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eric. If you no, I really thought it was Eric. Yeah, uh, but you've yet to see Alan. Not there. No not sightings there. of the big man. You, no. you you can't miss him. But I've I've seen him on on the morning show, but I've never seen him in Ipswich. Not yet. Oh, wow. That's the, that's, the, that's sort of like the shiny, isn't it, of, of the the sticker album for Ipswich when you see yeah. Brazil. That's it. Yeah. But he travels in every day from from Ipswich, so you know he, mm. it's a real testament to the area. Yeah. Then. Even Bobby Robson had a house. When I was mm. looking at houses, they said, yeah. this is where Bobby Robson was. And Alf Ramsey had the house before him. Yeah. So there is that, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a magic to the area that people don't appreciate. Are you, are you staying in, in the I area? I think I'm going to stay in the area, yeah. Wow. Was that always the intention? No, no, it was just over COVID, because we for 18 months. And then, uh, wow. The thing is, though, um, it, it's an area where everybody knows each other's business. So a lot mm. of people realised I was there. <laughs> realised right. what a bad parent you are. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Certainly Eric Gates did after half an hour. <laughs> Eric Gates has a homeless kind of look about him. He's probably... He's Ipswich. Sorry, Eric, if you're listening. That's the same. If you're Ipswich's foremost Eric Gates lookalike. And Eric uses him to keep people like you, stalkers, off the trail. That's what it is. He sends To be fair, he's a great player. He was a great player. If you're listening. Gatesy, as Big Alan would say. Gatesy. That's a very good impression. I mean, can can we do the admin and you can tell us about the tour and do your website? Yes, yes. The admin is that... Actually, I went on BBC Radio Berkshire because I had a gig this Saturday at Maidenhead. 
but that's when England are playing. And they said, so you're going to Maidenhead? Like, like that's going to happen. So that's the first gig that's gone. My first gig is cancelled. Right. Because uh, of England. Because of England, yeah. No I, point. I, there's no way I'm going to go on stage because no one, no, no one will want to come as no. well. So that's can. But, but the, if you go on my website, omidjalili.net, I'm always loath to give my Twitter hand if I say at omid9. I usually lose followers. There's about a million people here and they, they were just reminded to unfollow me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. I did actually, literally, I put out a new DVD once. I said, here you go, fill your boots. Um, new DVD, just click on this. You've got a whole new 45 minutes of stand-up just for you. I left it for about three hours. No retweets, no likes. One comment that just said, I'd rather kill myself than watch you, <laughs> which I retweeted. Blimey. I retweeted that and I got 800 likes. God. So, I'm, so I'm at Omid oh, Now It's a cesspit social media. It really is, know it yes. Yes, don't we? But there'll be more information. that There's jokes and competitions and things I'll do on Twitter to get to drag um, people to come along. Is it room. coming home? I mean, we have to ask you that. Of course, we're contractually obliged. Uh, it's a very good question. Is mm. it coming home? Uh, we're talking about, will England win? Um, and I have to say that the, the, the route is there. Yeah. The route was there in the four or three years ago at the World Cup. But we, mm. we fell at Croatia. But I think we have more of a chance now. We're going to play... I mean, what's the chances of us playing Switzerland in the final? I don't know. It's, oh. it's really Italy, Belgium, or Spain. Or Spain. Spain. Yeah. We're going to be Denmark, think, of course. Or Denmark. I think all four of them would be tough. But I'm going to put my neck on the line and say yes, because people don't realise. If you saw the Jack Jack Charlton documentary, how mm. Ireland transformed. I lived in Ireland when I was at university, and I saw how that country totally transformed. And I like to think something will transform and we need to transform in this country so i think we need and football is so powerful we need to win this to transform our country and to become a better country and i think we yes i'm going to say it it's coming home there we are uh, you heard it here first. half an hour ago and it saved yeah. the time on me That's <laughs> well lovely to see you as Cheers, always uh, great for coming in so we'll much. catch up with you soon Brilliant. uh, uh the good times tour uh, is uh, go and check out on social media and on the website. All the details are there. He is uh, right around. It's quite it's an extensive. You're going to Qatar, I see. You're, you're, you're gigging there. That was a, a cancelled gig that they've, oh. made, they've rearranged, but that's in the middle of it. I've got to go there, yeah. Fantastic. And Vienna as well. So oh, a couple of weird marvelous. places. And uh, you are playing Ipswich, I take it. You're playing a hometown gig or not? Yeah, hometown gig. That'll be, I think, in January sometime. Brilliant. Go and check him out uh, on top. I've just tweeted it out so you'll lose some more followers. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it out from TSH and Jay from our uh, Twitter feed as well Thanks, so guys. catch up with you soon Thanks, Thanks, guys. the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport now we normally just sort of burke about for three hours but I'm going to give you some proper information because oh, Max was just okay. asking me a question I think the listeners may be asking this as well because Max just said to me uh, being positive and negative in one sentence who's going to miss the final who's going to get booked you know <laughs> um, Declan Rice takes a yellow in the 84th minute of the semi we're just beating Denmark 1-0 well unless it's a straight red uh, he's thank, fine hopefully nobody okay great um, we can use the word expunged which only ever comes along really during tournaments mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they will be expunged um, on completion of the quarterfinals and not carried into the semi-finals. So that means a player can't be banned for the final for two yellow cards picked up in those games, um, If only if it's a red card. So two yellows um, will not get you... Right, so if you're on a yellow now, it's fine. You can go into mm-hmm. the... Uh, who, there are quite a few players on a yellow one, and it's Stones is... Yeah, Rice is on a yellow. Is John Stones on a yellow as well? But it doesn't matter because you can start on Saturday, get a yellow card in that game. Who is a booking fine. away? Who is suspended for the quarterfinals? Granite Jacka. Who's a booking away from missing the semi-finals? I won't give you them all, but from England's point of view, Foden, Maguire, Phillips, and Rice. Um, right. So they're you. all players that are on bookings that could. So miss they the could semi-final. miss the semi-final, mm. right? 
Can you just repeat that because I wasn't concentrating? That's what they're saying. Yeah. Who, who is a, so who is suspended for the quarterfinals, Jacko? Who is a booking away from missing the semi-finals? They're they're, they're claiming here, and uh, that's what it says. I completely um, countered what I said before um, because this I'm taking this from the UEFA website currently. Right. Okay. And we'll get we'll send the link to everybody so they can they can read the the whole thing. But this is what's being said. Uh, at the moment, uh, Yarmolenko is uh, booking away from the semi-finals, but we hope that doesn't come to fruition. We do. Yes. So, do you rest players in that Ukraine game? Then, do you say you know if you think about it, Rice and and uh, Rice and Phillips were both booked, weren't they? Because Phillips got a yellow. Mm. So, do you sit there and say actually, you'd be sensible to play Henderson and Bellingham? Yeah, because. If they get booked, it doesn't matter. Then you can pick from everybody in the semi-final. Or is that under... That's not underestimating Ukraine because Bellingham and Henderson are both excellent players. Yeah. I mean, Maguire would be quite a loss at the moment as well, wouldn't That's he? True. He's been playing very well. But, you, you know, you can't go into games... Managers always so Players don't expect it. And you can't send players in and thinking... Don't tackle. No. So there we are. You know, I wasn't nervous. Mm. And now you've got me nervous again. <laughs> That's what happens. Oh, yeah. We will... We, we will um, Put a link to that little piece on uh, at TSH in Jane. You've got all the players are under a bit of a threat. Yes, after the quarters. Now we played a really enjoyable game before mm. the show. Well, you see, I mean, we we spoke a couple of weeks ago to someone who's a, a social media influencer yeah. who's been getting some traction mm-hmm. by opening Panini stickers uh, on on YouTube mm. and getting like eight ten thousand people yeah. watching him making packets. So we found a couple of stray packets earlier on, didn't mm-hmm. we? And I see this as a kind of Uri Geller type situation. Okay, right. So I'm rubbing the packet now. I'm rubbing the packet. <laughs> and I believe Tony Cross is in the packet. You so just I'm, go one guest. I'm just you? going one guest. But okay. you, you said a, a, a dual shiny featuring, you know, you kind of just come up I with like one to guess player. the whole. I like to guess the whole packet. No, you didn't we, get any We're playing of them different right. games. Okay, I'm okay, going. You're going Tony Cross. In the Uri envelope, I'm, okay, I'm rubbing the package so now. Here we go. He's opening it. <clears throat> who's in there? Who's then? in the packet? So we're looking for one Tony Cruz. Um, we got Peter Peckerick. Ah, oh, I love he's Peter in Peckerick. there. He picked Pe- a pickle. Pe- he did. Pepper, didn't he? Martin Valiant. He's in there. I've got a shiny, a Hungarian okay. uh, badge. Okay. I've got Nick Pope. Uh, see, there's one or two players. Eric Dyer was in the other pack. Oh, I felt a bit bad. And uh, Dario uh, Melnyak uh, is in there from Croatia. So that's a that's not a great pack. Do you know who's respect. in this pack? Who's in that pack? Uh, Ivan Perisic. Yep. Chris Gunter, Lyndon Dykes, uh, a double of some Slovakians, and that's all I've well, got. Well, let's get and uh, let's get the guys at Paddy Power up now to give us the okay. odds on that being okay. being right. Here we go. Yeah, the France shiny. That's a good one, isn't mm. it? Kyle Walker, uh, Carol Linity, the pole. Gary Linity. Yeah. Andrei Piatov, Ukrainian. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Stefan Leiner, Austrian. He's actually quite a good player, Stefan Leiner. He'd probably get a move to yeah. Burnley or Palace, I reckon. After <laughs> okay. he, he did well in the Euros. That was a bit of an anticlimax. <clears throat> but imagine how good it could have been, that feature. Yeah. And I'll definitely uh, take that for the weekend. So imagine 8,000 people tuning in to watch that on YouTube, believe it or not. I do, yeah. Samuel says, come on, Max and Paul. You're making my nerves worse by talking about bookings. Mm. We're only here to transmit information to you. That's our role in life. Max asked the question. I Googled it and and thankfully found a very recent feature on the... Well, from today uh, on the UEFA website. So it is all there. Um, But uh, let's hope that our boys don't pick them up. Do you want something to take your mind off the Euros for a day? Yeah, go on then, yeah. History buff is trying to photograph every gravestone in her home county. Mm. Uh, Lou Cocker, 48 has managed more than 227,000 in more than 700 cemeteries across churchyards 
in Norfolk. So that's sort of upbeat, isn't it? Take it a is. photo of every gravestone you can see. Something to do. Uh, we've you know, got two rest days from the Euros, haven't we now? So get out there and... and uh, Take a camera and snap some gravestones. You don't seem engaged by that. Look no, like you're doing I, other things. No, you're doing, I was were just, you doing some emails. I was. I know. I was just. I was. I was. I am engaged by that, okay. and I, I like a graveyard. Oh. I've got me. I'm always fascinated. Yeah, I, by, I'm quite I think close to when you go Blake's to an grave. area, you go mm. to an area. Sometimes you go to a little village, and it drives my missus mad. But I think you find out a lot about a place by going to its graveyard. Oh, often, right. you know, okay. mainly what people died of. What's your favourite graveyard? Um, oh, eight seven once. <laughs> Come on, let's have your top ten graveyards. <laughs> Who's in the pack? I'll tell you, one of my favourite, oh, New yeah. Orleans. Have you, oh, a t- you do the tour. It's a sensation. Oh, I don't if, uh, I did if you're ever that. in that part of the world. Um, but so come on. Of, what was so good there about was, that? There was a bloke, when I was a little kid, we had a bit of a scary, um, I'd lived near Clissold Park in, uh, in North London. in Stone oh, yes, it was Eric Bristow again, wasn't it? Eric, <laughs> I think I was probably running from one of Eric's gang at the time and I was chased into the graveyard oh. at, uh, at Stoke Newington in Stoke Newington by Clissold Park. Okay. And there was an old boy living. There was a, He was kind of sheltering in one of the graves at one wow. point and he would appear. He'd appear oh. between the gap between the earth and the stone. <laughs> <laughs> and it was... And you know, when I was about six years <laughs> old, he frightened really the life out of me. He would just appear with right. his sort of, you know... Blimey. Anyway, we'll New Orleans, on. holds the mausoleum in Buenos Aires where Ava Peron is buried, that's quite yeah. extraordinary. There's right. all those really ornate. They're like big houses, some right. of them. Yeah, I yeah, recommend yeah, those. Yeah, okay. Who knew we had this knowledge? Oh, wait. Come uh, on, let's have, come, come on. on. Let's come have on. your top ten graveyards. Bang, Bosch, grave. One dug never, in, six feet under, Bosch in... You know, it's got to be the one in Chelsea. That's a guy. I played Chelsea. I got the graveyard. They wouldn't do that, Alan. He wouldn't do that. Back tomorrow, of course. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yep, Rafa is the new Everton manager. And I wonder if he was tempted in the uh, press release that they've just put out to say, uh, I believe... This small club are going places. I'm joking, of course. I like Dan saying he should have uh, held an Everton Liverpool half and half scarf was unveiling. That would have diffused any tensions. You heard, yeah, this is the only the second person to yeah, manage uh, what a Liverpool and Everton. The first one was William Edward Barkley, mm. uh, who defected from Everton as they moved to Goodison in 1892. Yeah. Uh, instead of opting to lead the newly formed Liverpool Football Club, uh, was also the inaugural Blues manager, led Liverpool to their first ever titles, winning the second division in 1893-94 and in 95-96. The sticker albums were brilliant for those, by the way, in those two years. Uh, also served um, the club in a variety of other roles, including yeah. Honorary Secretary. I'm guessing Daniel Levy has just written in pencil in a margin somewhere, William Edward Barkley. <laughs> is, is, is he available? <laughs> Probably been dead for about 100 years. So, uh, what do the Evertonians make of it? We uh, chat now to uh, Evertonian, a comedian, podcaster, Sam Avery. Hi, Sam. Hiya, boys. How's it going? Good, thank you, Sam. Look, this has been... There's no way around. It's a pretty bold decision to do this, uh, and there's been a fair bit of pushback. Some of it, I think it's fair to say, has gone a bit too far. Um, but your gut feeling as an Evertonian, what do you make of this appointment? Well, I'm just glad it's been announced now, because, like, the waiting for them to announce it. Like, compared to when, when the rumours came out and to the announcement, I mean, it felt like forever, didn't it? It felt like, like waiting in a dentist. you just like, just get it done. I know this is going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Just pull the, call me name, pull the tooth out, and just let's let's move on. It <laughs> Does just, it feel like a trip like, to the dentist? And are you are you in that camp that says, because the danger is, of course, all the time it's going well, fans all they're fickle, they'll put up with it. But if it doesn't go well, he's going to really have to hit the ground running, isn't he? Because otherwise, people just say he's a red. 
Well, yeah, there is that, but I mean, my gut feeling was uh, like bemusement at first because I thought, not because of the Liverpool connection, weirdly, although that doesn't help, but just because I think he's probably quite uninspiring. But then I'm now at the point where I'm thinking, I think that's probably what Everton needs. He needs an uninspiring like choice of manager who's going to be solid for a couple of years. And the, uh, you know, Suarez of the Everton fan base is saying, you know, we should get a Champions League manager, but I don't think. We're not well. We're certainly not a Champions League club, so it's it's baby steps, isn't it? You just got to kind of like when you're trying to lose weight after Christmas, you don't jump into like a military fitness program. You just you take the stairs, don't you, instead of the lift. <laughs> you just got to do that little thing to get to the next level, and then we can look ahead. You know, I, but I, it, I'm not sure, I, Sam. Every Everton fan shares your sort of quite um, refreshing perspective. This text from Danny says, after a turbulent 27 year romance of many highs and even more lows, today is the day I can officially declare that my relationship with Everton is over. I can take the misery and repeated heartbreaks. I can't tolerate the formal sale of our soul. Rafa in, Danny out, says Danny. He does say, look, the only thing more embarrassing than this move are the idiots putting those flags up near his home. They're a disgrace to the city, the club and the sport. But what would you say to Danny, Sam, apart from, let's hope Rafa just wins his first couple of games and it'll all be Forgotten. Well, I'd say to him, "What about William Edward Barclay? Eh? What yeah. about him? <laughs> he, I'm sure. He, I mean, I know they don't chant his name on the cop anymore, but I'm sure back in the day, yeah, he was all the rage. But, I love the I fact mean, you're playing the Barclay card. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yes, I just think uh, it, I, my my only. I mean, I, I can totally appreciate. It. I'm not saying people are wrong to say those things because it is a an odd thing and I've had so much time to get used to it because there has been that massive I mean I didn't know when they were going to announce it I thought they were going to announce it on the final whistle of the England game last night just to kind of bury the news but I, just before I came on to speak to you two I just checked Twitter and I saw that Evan had announced it on Twitter and I saw it just said our new manager and this little video that the, all the clubs do nowadays and I saw Benitez holding the Everton scarf and I felt very strange because it's yeah. just surreal it's a very surreal feeling to look at look at him in that way, but I just think once the season starts, you've got to get behind the club, you've got to get behind the team. It's not like the performances last season under Ancelotti, where I mean, there were some of the worst performances in terms of quality that I've seen. It was so dour. I mean, I know we got results away from home, but I don't think Benitez um, can take us, you know, further down like a negative spiral than than some of those performances were. And if you look at the previous clubs he's been at. He's, he's adored. Newcastle fans love him. Mm. Liverpool fans obviously love him. So, I don't know. I'm ready to give him a chance at this at this stage. Paul, how did you feel when George Graham got the Spurs job? Yeah, I mean, look, as I said, it's, they, the fans couldn't even sing his name. Even when we won a <laughs> Worthington Cup final, they were singing Man in the Raincoats, Blue and White Army. <laughs> it was like... It, it's, it's, it always puts more pressure on sure. a manager when, they get, when they've, they're so sort of tied to a different club. This is why it's, you know, it doesn't fly in the face of logic because they're taking on a football manager and, and he's a, a very, very capable one. But when it comes with so much baggage, you're, you're, make, you're making the job more difficult, which obviously that's a challenge he's not shying away from. But the relationship between the fans and the manager can turn toxic and boards like to think they can be strong, but ultimately they often do bend to the will of the fans. I just wonder if this could... This could all end in tears, or, or who knows? It may be a, a, a fantastic success, but it's you know you make the job harder for the manager and maybe for yourselves as a ball when you make an appointment like this. I'd say so. I mean, I suppose if you look at what he did at Chelsea, he just the, the man's got the skin of a rhino, mm. and he's just he's not perturbed by anything like that. And I, 
you know, most of the work as a football manager takes place away from the fans. You've just got that that one home game every couple of weeks. You know, there'll be limited capacity in as well, so the vitriol will be, you know, at least minimised for some time, I'd imagine. But I just think if he can start getting us up the league, I mean, I think winning a trophy would be incredible. But I like you say with the George Graham analogy, if ever we sing his name, I mean, I think that's got to be one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of football. From a manager, yeah. I love how you break down football. So it's just a tiny. It is just this tiny little bit where he'll have what most of the time just in the office, just you know moving stuff about, you know, just <laughs> filling a bit of paperwork. There's just that tiny bit. He maybe doesn't even have to turn up for home game. You know, just keep that quiet. Well, just... when we spoke to uh, Neville Southall the other week, and he was very keen. He wasn't having Benitez. Uh, we we saw him around the Wales games and in Cardiff, and he he wasn't having Rafa as a manager. He said, "I just I can't see." He wanted Duncan. Ferguson to get the job and I see Duncan staying on as part of the backroom staff which I think is, is pretty important I think that really could have done for it if, if but he feels he's ready for a management job now and he says you know Everton don't let him step up don't give him the job he's going to walk away soon so uh, but it looks as if he, he is at the moment going to be part of the backroom staff and that probably is important Sam isn't it I'd say so. I heard that Neville Southall uh, chat that you're talking about. It was really interesting just to hear his take on it. And I think Duncan has been such a, you know, he's, he's a legendary figure at the club. And he, he's so, people think it's just passion, but he's so highly experienced in, with all his coaching badges. And I think, I'm glad he's staying on. I do think our next manager perhaps should be Duncan Ferguson. And if it isn't after, after Rafa, I think Duncan needs to go elsewhere and get some managerial experience. Because I think ultimately he could be a, a really, really, uh, interesting and exciting Everton manager, but he, he, he just needs to take that first step. But I'm, I'm thrilled that he is staying on. Well, that's the moment, isn't it? If 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 for Rafa mm. to be accepted, the way that Duncan Ferguson carried that ball boy, the way that Duncan Ferguson would hug Carlo Ancelotti when Ancelotti wasn't really hugging him back quite as much, <laughs> you just need a late winner from Calvert-Lewin and Big Dunk to pick Rafa up and lift him up. Swing him and round. Then swing him round, and then that will be the moment where the Evertonians say, if it's good enough for Dunk, then it's good enough for me. Yeah, I think that's perhaps something we can work up to. If we can get to that point before Christmas, I'll be thrilled. But if we can get to that point in the next... To be honest, if, if Rafa can stay for two years, this is progress for Everton. Because there's been so many managers. It doesn't matter where we finish. I just want stability. I don't even want it to be good anymore. I just want stability because it's becoming increasingly difficult for each manager who comes in to assemble this, this squad of just broken biscuits yeah. together. It's and also... Just, it's- it's also so hard to do it, be it get anywhere higher than seventh or eighth with Everton. Like yeah. just look at your, the resources and look at who you're up against. I know you're spending quite a lot of money, but you know anything beyond that is really impressive. I think. Yeah, and also if you look at last season, we were seven at Christmas. We had a great chance to push on that and finish tenth or eleventh. I don't even know where we finished, which speaks volumes. But you're right; it's 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 just finding uh, th- those little tiny little increases that we can make in, and, and certainly if our home form if our away form stays the way it was and our home form is half decent next season I think Rafa can probably push us towards the European places which that's got to be the first goal to just try and get into a Europa League or even a Europa Conference space because that would be that would be a big deal for Everton at the moment uh, if you look over the previous few years so that's got to be the aim Just finally um, on the football uh, you are, you've been watching England I see from your social media you've been watching all that unfold um, uh, Calvert-Lewin wasn't even in the 23 last night there was no like for like replacement if you will for, for Kane who's not been having the best of times though he did score last night so uh, what have you made of Calvert-Lewin's role or lack of it in the tournament so far 
Yeah, I mean, I was surprised he wasn't in the squad for, for the game last night because the way it's... I mean, I was probably amongst millions of people saying Kane needs to come off and then he scores, you know, and I'm <laughs> a huge fan of Kane because uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. But I think I think Calvert-Lewin... I mean, I'd be surprised if he's not at least like getting towards the bench for the next game because I just think to have those options, if you're coming up against a stubborn defence or if Kane's looking as, as leggy as he has, you know, and, and perhaps giving him a bit of time to save for the for the next round. Or looking optimistically, if we get a couple of goals up, bring Kane off and give him a rest. But yeah. um, it, I think it's good for Calvert-Loon just to be in that squad and in around those, that group of people who are just, you know, clearly there's a great camaraderie going on and mm. he's getting loads of experience from it. Uh, you're currently fixing the world in a podcast, aren't you? I am, yeah, trying to. Yeah, fixing the world. Uh, podcast comes out every Wednesday. We just try and look at some small problems in the world and try and fix them one tiny problem at a time and it's fun so far it's been, mm. it's been good we haven't really fixed anything yet but it's fun to try <laughs> what sort of things are you taking on for example well we've fixed camping right. we've fixed uh, nudity Ooh. we've fixed uh, we tried to fix politics and that, that's a big problem for a, a half hour comedy podcast to kind yeah. of tackle isn't it it's a big bigger problem um, gardening all these kind of really important issues that yeah. people need to to be fixed in their lives but it's fun it's really fun to just chat through stuff and whether we get on to Benitez I don't, don't know if we will I've asked to see how that pans out I think but you yeah, can fix Everton one week can you, it, can, yeah. can you fix printers Sam yeah well, have you, are you having I the trouble with your printer oh, I cannot tell you I've he's, had three he's, replacement he's engineer Epsom for Canon three it's, it's replacement just, Epsom 26 Ten hundreds, they're yeah. bloody useless. Have you tried turning it on and off again? <laughs> I have, yes. Okay. And I'm plugging it and plugging it in. Well, if it I doesn't. Fix cl- it doesn't. If I could fix printers. I'd have a proper job. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, let's check in once, once again with uh, Lisa O'Sullivan. We've got some rap for you, Lisa, in a oh, moment. No. Uh, yeah, we can find out what what, what he's like. But it's, um, it's so awful. Is it it's, really? Yeah, like it just you know some people really shouldn't embrace things they love. Right. Yeah. Um, let me tell you about the tennis yeah. first, though. Uh, Novak Djokovic straight sets winner over Kevin Anderson, which means Katie Bolter, the British wildcard, is now on centre court against the number two seed Arena Sabalenka. Early stages of that, in fact, they're playing the first game. But you can hear in the background Nick Kyrgios taking on Ugo Umber. They played last night right up until the curfew and they're now seven games all in the deciding fifth set here but Kyrgios does have three break points against the young Frenchman uh, and then uh, yeah we've just seen him have a really nasty fall you know you twist and your legs are going the wrong way slipped on the grass again swore quite loudly um, but Kyrgios is focused seven all in this fifth set and so it was Denis Shapovalov who was the part-time rapper Shapovalov oh Shapovalov I, yeah. I do apologise stick an extra I, bit in there yeah I became a bit um, what do you call it a Bill and Ben there um <laughs> Uh, the, 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 this trap we're going to hear, I think, was mastered by the same guy who works, who engineers for Drake. Oh, excellent. So, I mean, he's in good hands. really do it. Okay, well, here, I mean, Chapelovov speaks very highly of your tennis updates, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a listen. Take it we? away, Dennis. Got me feeling like I'm Jay-Z. They all on a mission while I kick it in my crib with my 22 twos. Because I'm making what they make in a year and a day. Got checks coming in times two. Welcome to the night train. Night train. I've been trying to stay sane. 
Well, I mean, it's accurate, isn't it? Checks coming in times two because he's got music and tennis. Yeah, yeah. Well, so basically, he's, he's honest. He's an honest he rapper. The truth. He does. Yeah. yeah. I see what you mean. It's though, slightly it's, ostentatious. Uh, it does. It? it does feel like a bit of a vanity project. But uh, look, he's got the money. So there we are. Yeah. Well done to him. <laughs> so there we are. Yeah. If, if you enjoy that, it's, I'm sure it's available on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Spotify. Spotify. Now, if you would <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> uh, I'm going to long my own, journey. It's my. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my but there's own. my blue bottle. Yeah, well done. I see, it's my own uh, pirate version <laughs> of the well-known. So um, let's let's talk to a man now who uh, moved a pub from Bridlington to Dortmund and had a pub full of German fans in last night. I think watching uh, England win. So is there a local curse now? Uh, Paul Moss did that. It was the new Crown Inn. Uh, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon. Hi. So, it, we've been saying brick by brick. I mean, I know it was fixtures and fittings, but uh, was it brick by brick or not? No. No. It was okay. all the interior. It was the interior. Okay. And what's the story? Did you did you run you ran this pub in Bridlington, did you, or, or not? No, no. I'm a, I've been living, living in Germany now 25 years. Oh, right. And okay. um, I bought a property here, which, that's what I do, that's my business, I'm a property developer. Right. But a British one, mm. and um, in this town where I lived, there was no pub or anywhere near here, actually, wow. for that matter. And so um, I had this building which we bought, and I was looking to turn it into flats, and I thought, well, hang on a minute, because it used to be a restaurant in the ground floor, big restaurant, and uh, a, a, an English pub might fit in there quite nicely. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so I sat down with my wife, and we, we talked about things, and uh, and I just started to look for a, for a used pub or a, a, a defunct pub from the U.K., to be able to, to go over and buy. And that's what I did. When, I found it in Bridlington. It just, when, did just you, when, when you sat with your wife and talked about things, did she not say, this seems like you could just build an, a German pub and it might be easier? <laughs> it's true, it's true. But she's, uh, she, she's been, uh, she lived in England with me for four years when, we were, when I was a student. And um, she knows what English pubs look like. And she's had the same, the same feeling that we missed something special. And that's what this is. This is really something special. It's, uh, it's, all, it's like a traditional English pub. Not, it's, not, it's not like a traditional English pub. It is a traditional English, English pub in the middle of Germany. And how, did it, how was yesterday then? Uh, mental. <laughs> it was absolutely mental. We had about, I don't know how many, 150 people here or so. It's, uh, most of them out on the terrace because it was really hot. Hmm. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was probably about 70% Germans, I would say, and 30% English. And um, as to be expected, uh, as soon as the final whistle went, the place emptied. Bit. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Germans all wanted to play for some strange reason. Are you slightly know. concerned that that you may be seen as a kind of cursed local pub, or we can't watch Germany in there? We can't because that's the pub where England beat us in. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. The people, the, the people, most of the people that come here, they they have a uh, like a. Um, yeah, affection for all things British, mm. and um, I don't think that's going to affect that at all. Not at all. And you think you'll become a bit of a hub for Premier League football? You think people will want to come and watch English Premier League football in a, in a typical British pub? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Mm. We've got Sky, booked Sky for, for, for the coming season, and um, people will be in, definitely watching football, English football. It's big enough as well. It's a 200-square-metre place, which is... We see about 150 inside, 
And um, so we've got different rooms, so you can show Bundesliga and you can show Premier League all at the same time. It's not a problem. And, and before they hurriedly left, did the German fans congratulate the uh, the 30% English fraternity in the uh, in the pub? Uh, absolutely, yeah, they were fair. They were fair. Most of the Germans that I've spoken to, at least uh, today and yesterday, they um, they see it as the end of a reign of, of Joachim Löw, the manager, and it was deserved that they lost. And uh, no hard feelings, and that they wish wish England all the best. That's nice. Nice, that a nice, nice way to end today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. The birthday spread is, uh, is back. After still a lot of stunning victory against the odds last week. A lot of people still talking about the, the end of that game. Oh, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, don't, quite, don't. yeah. I think I had more people come up to me and talk about that than any other <laughs> game we've played. <laughs> so 23 is a very difficult lead, isn't Can it? Can he critically bounce back from what happened last week? Anyway, you'll find out tomorrow. But for now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.